Well, Cajun Nation, the kings of the Sun Belt reign supreme yet again. We're smoking them because we got them tonight. ULM yet again defeated in yet another sport. Still not a rival. That's for you, Matt. Still not a rival. Uh, you know, look, uh, conditions were sloppy, kind of nasty. We're on a holiday weekend, and the crowd wasn't exactly what we wanted. But, look, we went out and we won the game. wasn't pretty at times. Even Billy said in the post game, could have been better, could have coached better, could have scored more points. Uh, we had an official that had his first uh, college football game as a as a elite official with the white hat on. That was tonight. They were horrendous. Uh, but we'll get more into the game as we as we continue. Got Jerry here with me doing the post game. Uh, Matt is running errands. Uh, I think they got a a few things to get done as far as the wedding goes. So we'll excuse Matt for tonight. But Jerry and I are here to kind of recap the game and talk about a pretty important game in the history of Louisiana and going forward. We, we, uh, we, we think we know what's going to happen, but uh, you know, the story's yet to be written. So welcome in Jerry. Let's uh, let's, let's put a bow on this thing. All right, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Josh. If, sometimes people get caught up on style points because of the age of college football that we're in. Uh, but it felt like we kind of like pussyfooted around. We were like the the kitten with the ball of yarn, you know, Mm-mm-mm, back and forth. It's ULM. It, it, I don't even know how engaged the guys were. You look at the the sideline; it was a little bit more subdued than than usual. Uh, the defense was absolutely ridiculous, like the they, like they have been all season. Uh, but the offense, you know, we, we took a couple of plays. We had a we had a trick play for uh, what was it, the second or third play of the game, and I think we scored a touchdown on a trick play. So. I don't know. I think they were just having a good time tonight. I, I want to say off top, thank you to the seniors, a historic class of seniors that really changed this program for the better. And uh, those names will be, they'll go down to Cajun lore as far as I'm concerned. You know, your Farad's, your, your McCaskill's, your, you know, it's unfair to even start naming people because somebody will inevitably be left off the list, but there's so many, there's so many 20 plus of these guys um, that, that, that changed Cajun football and, and, our athletics program for forever. So thank you to those guys. And thank you for going out and find a way to win and enjoy those cigars, gentlemen. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it they're, they're, they are the winningest senior class, um, you know, and, and really, I mean, 39 wins, three straight 10 plus win seasons. Um, another chance at a, a fourth straight chance at a, at a championship or Sunbelt conference championship fourth straight Western division title. Um, we've never seen a senior class accomplish so much in such a short amount of time. And, and, and really, I think they've set the foundation for, for the future. Um, you know, now the standard has, has been set by this senior class. Um, when you mention the names you mentioned and you see how much they've contributed to this program and the blood, sweat and tears they've put in wearing that, that Louisiana Jersey, it, it, it just means so much as a fan to see, you know, every year you, you honor a senior class, you honor guys that put so much time into making the program better or being good ambassadors to the brand. And this senior class, they made history and they've made history every, every season with something new, uh, whether it was a, a 10 plus win season, a top 25 ranking. Um, when they won the bowl game in Mobile, it was the first bowl game they won on the road in outside of New Orleans in, I don't know, 70 something years. I think the 1944 Oil Bowl in Houston was the last time they won a bowl out of state. So, yeah, I'm just so proud um, to, to see how much this senior class has accomplished. And really talking about the game, Josh, um, I felt like the team was sort of on cruise control um, for the most part. Offensively, I thought the play calling was fairly vanilla. There were some things that I kind of, you know, just to kind of from an analytical standpoint, I kind of kind of questioned Billy on some of it. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, as far as Levi, he pretty much same old, same old, you know, just game manager. Good job managing as far as moving the ball downfield. Thought the run game was really good for the most part. Um, you know, we had a few drives stall here and there, but I also give credit to ULM. Um, they're a lot better coach than I thought. This ULM team we played this year under Terry Bowden and guys like Rich Rodriguez first year uh, at the helm, even though they finished the season four and eight, they have a lot of upside. And basically they took a team with no talent 
a team that we could have hung a hung a hundred on last year and you know made a lot of games even with losses uh respectable like the one today and the one last week in baton rouge and and so um you know i, I do think like we, we were talking to dusty a few nights ago i think they're on the rise i think ulm has a lot to to be to be proud of this season and i look forward to them to seeing their team improve because if they improve, it makes the conference better, right? Especially with new conference members coming in. So overall, uh, it wasn't the prettiest night, uh, very damp and rainy in that stadium, but pretty cold, but to the 18 plus thousand that showed up, uh, they got to witness history. Again, uh, we broke a new record, 11th straight win in school history, first time in school history. And, um, first time we've won 11 games in a regular season outside of the bowl, of course. So, Overall, a good night, man. And, um, you know, obviously you want to play. You don't want the score to be this close next week, uh, you know, going into the final minutes. You, you want that little cushion. But all that matters now is focusing on App State and, and doing what you can to make sure you're holding up that Sunbelt Conference Championship trophy when the clock strikes zero come 6, 6 p.m. next Saturday at Cajun Field in front of Cajun Nation. I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, a lot of times we'll come on here and we'll try to get real specific on game analysis, but I, tonight is going to be a little bit different. I, I'm, I'm feeling more of like an encompassing, uh, 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 th th this overall fortunate feeling. I, I have a feeling of gratitude. You look up and you're 11 and one. I don't care what the score was. The guys were, I, I, I just, I think that they wanted to honor the seniors. They, the seniors played a big pivotal role in tonight's game. Like they have, you know, the past three years, but just imagine being a senior at this program and literally every year that you're on the team and playing a crucial role on the team, you're accomplishing, accomplishing something that's never been accomplished here. That's got to be an incredible feeling. I mean, we talk about Levi a lot, but the bottom line is the man's going to walk out uh, a, a quarterback that you can't ignore from a record standpoint. You know, and I had a I had a funny thought. You know, Brian Mitchell was number one, and he's up on the uh, on the Hall of Fame board. What are we gonna do with Levi? You know, we're gonna have to fight over number one. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, and 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 that's a little bit of a joke, but at the same time, it's something that you're gonna have to talk about. But you know, listen, ULM is gonna be a problem. We talked about it all season. They have a very big opportunity, uh, and timing is everything. But they have an opportunity with Tech on the on the way down, and their league on the way down. Um, I think Bowden's got something up there and I think he's going to continue to build. Like you said, I think they had something like 42 new players on the roster over the last year and a half. I mean, yeah. it's something nuts that I may mean, completely overturn the roster. They played hard. They played hard. They were down 11 with two minutes to go and they were still hitting people. I have a lot of respect for how they came into Cajun field and played tonight. They are short town that they are not talented uh, to the, to the level of a D one winning program. They, they just don't have it. Um, but they're like, you know, we're a year in, I say we, they are a year into the rebuilding process. They've got guys that they, I think Rogers is going to be a player. I really like him. Chandler Rogers at the quarterback position. He's got all the talent you want. He just needs to understand how to play the position, but right? He's a, he's a Caleb Evans in training for me. I mean, he, he's got all the tools, but the defense played hard. They're physical. Uh, they're, they're running back their Their running game wasn't so bad. I think they got something like 180 yards on the ground. So they've got an offense that is sustainable. They're going to be a problem in the Sun Belt. I expect them to raise the floor. I think maybe six and six is, is probably something they can shoot for next year, maybe a bowl game. I mean, hell, a couple of bounces one way or the other, they might be playing in a bowl game this year. You know what I mean? So tonight was what it was. It was ULM, and I don't think the guys were super engaged. I think it was more about sending off the seniors in the right way. We found – a way to win, just like Billy says, it was nowhere near the kind of standard of performance we expect here. Um, but look, you made your fans happy, the ones that were able to make it out. You made your seniors happy, the ones that had their moms and dads in the stands and got to walk them out for senior day. You know, that's a successful Saturday. You look at the score, you look at the performance, you can, we can nitpick all we want, and we normally do. Tonight, I'm not going to do that. Tonight, it just feels good to be 11 at 1. It feels good to kind of reflect on the Billy Napier era. Um, there's a lot of things changing and shifting here. Uh, I just want to be appreciative tonight because that's, that's, I think that that's appropriate. Yeah. I mean, especially with, with knowing that ULM came in, I mean, Terry Bowden said it before the game, this is their bowl. You know, this, this was for all the marbles for them. They played lights out. 
mean, they've played lights out in the last two weeks, um, whether it was last week and against LSU or against us. And so, you know, like you said, they, they don't really have the most talent, but they play hard and they play to the whistle. And just imagine or just think when, when Terry Bowden starts getting some decent talent there, they're going to they're gonna scare some people. Um, and also not to mention, um, you know, Terry Bowden, we, we, know, we know who he is. We know what he stands for. We know his past, you know, the accomplishments he had at Auburn. Uh, I mean, the, what he did at Akron, where he turned that program around. I mean, heck, he came. That was, if you remember, that was the game where uh, we did a home and home and, and they came to Cajun Field in a return game. We had won it up there in 2013, come back to Cajun Field in 2015, beat us by three touchdowns. And I believe that was the game where Coach Hutt had said uh, it was the APC distraction that the caused us to APC lose that game. excuse. Pull that one out of <laughs> it the was, that it was, was the first game since we had, since we opened the athletic performance center. It was against Akron, and they spanked us. It was bad. Jerry, he was too busy giving tours, man. He couldn't prepare. Yeah. <laughs> it was the, the locker room lights were just so so nice, you know. But yeah, I mean, they, they were on the up and up. Um, you know, look, ULM is a school or um, athletics program. They don't really have much money. I mean, I think we almost double their athletic budget, and yet they're still grinding. Um, so I, I'm I. I have to tip my hat off to the effort that they put forth. And like I said, tonight, we didn't really, I felt like we really, again, it was cruise control. Um, now one, one call I will say that I was a little upset about, and it's just me, uh, fourth and goal from, I believe, you know, fourth down and in inches from ULM's three yard line. And we called a timeout and uh, you got Montreal Johnson in the backfield, man. Billy's got to give him the rock. Let them lean forward, get that first down, run some clock, get in the end zone, make it 28 to 10, which, by the way, I predicted the score to be 28 to 10. I think I'm a little more upset about that because if they would have converted on that and and then what do they do? They run a play action. And, you know, I mean, as a defensive coach, you're looking at analytics and you're looking at percentages. I mean, heck, 90 percent of the time on fourth down, we're running that play action rollout and uh, they read it. Like they, they played it like a fiddle and, and Levi ended up having to throw the ball out of bounds. Well, can't do that next to, week. To can't your do point, that against that. To your point about ULM and to your point about their coaching staff, they prepared well because they were prepared for that play. And I, I know way more about your football team when they're down by two scores with two minutes to go and they're still giving 100% effort than when they, when they tap out. I mean, yeah. that tells me something about your guys and the character that you're building within your program. So I'll give them credit. And I said the same thing last week about how they played against LSU. I mean, they were down to the wire, down two touchdowns, and they were still hitting people in the mouth. I appreciate that. I, I have respect for that. But going back to your, your thing about fourth down, one for five tonight. You know, yeah. I, know Nate, I know Nate missed a field goal, and, and, and I know we rail against not giving up on the kicking game. It's a problem. We got one game left in, in – well, we have two games left, but, you know, one that really matters. And I just hope it doesn't come down to a kick because it's been rough. It's been rough. Um, it, and I feel like it's probably forced Billy into some of those decisions where, you know, you don't want to go for those fourth and eights inside the 30 or the fourth and four inside the 20. I get it. I still think we kicked the ball. I, I, I'm not mad that he decided to kick the field goal because I still think that – we shouldn't have been giving up on the damn kicking game four four games ago, three games ago. So I, I'll still can say I'll continue to say that, but uh, it's unfortunate that we can't make those kicks, you know, and especially from a guy like Nate who we really appreciate. But look, at the end of the day, you got to make those. We got you're on scholarship here to do that. You know what I mean? So it's tough. It's tough. Um, but one for five on fourth down is what it is. I thought the officiating was just absolutely horrendous tonight. It was bad tonight. The worst we've seen I- this year, and I don't think it's close. Um, I don't it, get it. It, it costs point. us points. It costs us points tonight. I think that's fair to yeah. say. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I mean, like the fumble, the fumble recovery before halftime. I mean, it was how, awful. Like, it was one of the worst calls the I've ever seen. Blatant, live. most yeah. blatant fumble you could possibly pull off, and they still said it was. And they said what it wasn't a fumble. We had to review that. I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I learned something tonight. Did you know that if you're still inside of the tackle box, you can be horse collar tackled if you're a quarterback? Did you know that was yeah. a rule? Uh, no, I did not. That's because it's not a rule, Jerry. It's because it's not a rule. I looked it up after the game. It's not. That's a, it's a bullshit call. It's like, it's like he literally made it up as he was speaking to the crowd. That's well, not- here's what's frustrating to me. We get a horse collar for the same thing in the flight. Remember on third down? It wasn't a horse collar. extended the drive. 
And yeah, I mean, that was much less than a, of a horse. He, he literally grabbed his jersey by the nameplate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but, but here's the thing that, that's my, that brings me to my next point. If you're going to throw a flag on that, then if our quarterback literally gets dragged behind, how, how do you not throw the flag? Like that's where one was a lot more violent than the other. Right. I, I was shocked I mean, that he came over the PA and said, you know, no, no foul on the play. <laughs> the player was inside the tackle box for horse collar. It's like, what? that's not a rule. You idiot. And I looked it up to make sure, and it's certainly not a rule. Yeah, that's news to me. I've a never horse heard collar of it. is a horse collar, buddy. It doesn't matter where you are on the I'm, field. Unless there's some rule that they passed this year that we don't know about. I've well, never heard college football, before. you never freaking know. So, <laughs> yeah, but but it was no. Overall, it was a, it was a win. And once again, yeah. the streak and, continues. And, and and to and to be fair, our defense was nasty again tonight. Chauncey was yeah. great. Linebackers were great. Secondary Braylon Trahan in particular was super great. Um, I know that they hit boogie night in the seam a couple of times. And listen, if you watch this Cajun defense, we are susceptible to that throw a few times a game. Mm-hmm. If you hit it a couple of times, PT adjusts and they eliminate the play. But it, it is there to be had if you pay attention to any amount of film. Boogie Knight is a good player. He's a gritty receiver, a transfer from, can't remember where, a big time program though, uh, came mm-hmm. in, gave that wide receiver room some attitude. I like him. I, I like him as a ball player and he made some big plays tonight. So Got to give them a little credit, and, and that's what I tried to say earlier. ULM's got some pieces. They're working towards something, and, uh, you know, the West needs to be on on notice. Yeah, well, just FYI, Boogie Knight was uh, transferred from Ohio State. Yeah, so kind of a big deal. Boogie, Boogie Knight, he was, at, uh, he was at Akron, I think, for three years before finally transferring to ULM um, this year, and he's, he's made a name for himself, not just by his unique name. I think his real name's Jer- I think Jeremiah, right, maybe? Yeah, but, that's correct. Uh, yeah, he goes by Boogie, which sounds a lot cooler. And uh, he, his, his play definitely complements his nickname. He definitely uh, does a good job on the field uh, with his presence, and he's very for gritty. Sure. Look at what he did very against uh, LSU. I mean, he was the best receiver on the field. Scored a beautiful touchdown against him. Did it sure again did. tonight. Um, so he's going to be he's going to be a force to reckon with. Um, well, I think he's a senior, so I think I don't think we have to see him again. But um, overall, I think Monroe is on, on the rise again. They, they're going to be building. They're going to have uh, a lot of new talent coming in. I think Terry Bowden and Rich Rodriguez and those guys are going to be bringing in some quality athletes, especially up there in North Louisiana. I mean, you've got picks from West Monroe. You've got places like uh Washita and Neville High School and places up in Shreveport so they, they got they got some chances to bring in some some good athletes and if they come down south to New Orleans and Acadiana they might be able to snag one or two uh down here as well so you know I, I know people debate whether or not ULM's arrival but you, you do want them to be successful to an extent right again um it helps it helps with uh the the quality of our conference but also uh, it kind of smites the school to the West uh, down in Ruston as well with their situation. Uh, by the way, they finished three and nine on the year. Um, real big time there. But anyway. Um, well, Jared, did they, did they lose to Rice today? They did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They were up by 10 and they lost the game to Rice. So they finished the season three and nine with. Uh, fired Skip. Fired their coach. And um, yeah, so. Well, that could be another conversation for another hour. But, you know, look, <laughs> just to give ULM credit, they held the Cajuns to 4 of 14 on third downs, which hasn't been difficult this year. So let's kind of – let's qualify Hold that. the reins back a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> 1 of 5 on fourth down. They rushed for 182 yards tonight. Um, they did a lot of things that you would think would help them to win the game. And, look, if you look, the, the final score was 21 to 16, 21-16. So they were right there at the end. Uh, they had an opportunity. So give them credit. At the same time, Cajuns played a D-plus game. You know, when you look inward, you say, what the hell will we call it on offense? I thought we called a poor game again today, and Billy even alluded it, alluded to it in his post-game comments. I, I thought he was dead accurate on that. I thought the officiating was absolutely atrocious, like we said before. I thought that it took a while for our guys to get it truly engaged after the two first touchdowns that were, seemed to come quick and easy. You know, at one point, it looked like it was going to be a total blowout. And uh, I don't know. I, I, like you said, I think we kind of hit cruise control. I, I agree with that assessment. There were a few times where, uh, you know, go ahead and go back to, I want to say we were up 14 to 10 at the time. 
Levi rushes the football on a fourth and three, has the first down, runs backward. Runs backwards. Yeah, I remember that. It, yeah. it, it, we were 14, it was 14 to three at the time. Mm-hmm. He runs backward. They turn around, hit Boogie Knight in the scene for the touchdown. It's 14 to 10. So that, that was the shift. And at the time, I thought, well, that's going to be a, a gigantic series in the game. And it turned out to be that way because it, it, it brought ULM's sideline to, to, to their feet and they, they became alive and they were engaged. Uh, I will also say that our students, the 500 or so, so that showed up today, were loud and giving ULM the business, kind of like back in the day when we did it, Jerry. Oh, those are good times. They, yes. They, they made me very proud. I could hear them hollering and screaming obscenities and what have you. Uh, uh, just giving them straight business uh, from from across the, on the home side, so that warmed my heart. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it these late November games. I mean, you know what they are. They're never going to be well attended. People are hunting. People are going for for uh, uh, people are hunting. You know, the hunting culture here is here is strong. Uh, they go on Thanksgiving vacation. You know, people go out and they travel. Whatever. Early Christmas shopping. Campus campus is a ghost town. Right. Yeah. Lafayette, Lafayette. Yeah, exactly. People are, that's another thing. Shopping. Um, it, it's never going to be a well-attended game in my opinion, I don't think. Uh, but we had enough to make an impact to a certain degree. At, at least we had enough to piss off ULM. And that's all I really got, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'll just say for the 18,000 again, the 18,000 and change, um, you know, well done, um, you know, showing your support tonight. Um, you know, the weather wasn't great. It was very muggy, very damp, very cold, rainy. But, you know, next week, the, the weather's going to be a lot better. It's expected to be a lot better. Uh, it's supposed to be pretty sunny, and it's supposed to be probably upper 60s, low 70s. There's no reason why we should not have more than 30,000 people for a championship game. I mean, this is Lafayette. We, we don't live in small-town USA with 15,000 people here. All right, we, we need all of Acadiana on board for a game that has never been played before in our stadium and not only never been played before, but pretty much we get, we have a chance to accomplish something at home that we haven't done since 1970. So that this is a golden opportunity for Lafayette, for all of Acadiana to really show up and show out next Saturday. Um, You know, again, tonight, like you said, Thanksgiving weekend, students are out of town, but next week students are going to be back in town everybody's going to get there. You know, I mean, people are still going to be Christmas shopping, but you got your Thanksgiving and Black Friday uh, jollies out of the way, if you will. Time to show up to Cajun Field next Saturday and and support this team and help them because we are going to be the 12th man or 12th woman or 12th fan, if you will, to win that championship game. And and look, App State's coming for blood. We embarrassed them in October. They're coming for blood. They haven't lost a game since. They've taken names since. So they're coming for blood. So we got to be ready for them. And, and in order to do that, we need our fans. We need Cajun Nation there, 100% ready to go. Come 2:30 kickoff. We had we have to be the most rowdy, most intimidating crowd that we've ever seen, and that's uh, that's not hyperbole. They're going to need us. It's very difficult to beat a team twice in the same season, especially a especially team App. like App State, who has pride, tradition, and are very very good. So I don't even think it's a question. We need the best showing we've maybe in 20 years that we've ever had. I mean, we, like, we've got to show up. We've got to. I, I don't like, we don't need, we don't need the PA going. It's third down for the fans to get up from first down, second down, third down, fourth down. We need to be on our feet the entire game. We need to drown out the PA. Yes. So we don't drowning out we, the music and all of it. We're, we're going to get into that the next week, the next week we'll, put out plenty of content. We'll, we'll do all the stuff you guys want to hear and all the hot takes and all the fun stuff. But for tonight, we're just reminding you, get ready for what's coming because next week is a marquee week in the history of this program. Uh, Jerry and I are going to take a break. We're going to do something we don't typically do on the reaction pod. We're going to pay some bills, kind of plug a sponsor. And then we're going to talk a little basketball because, man, we got some stuff to say. And uh, I think it's I think it's important, Jerry. And uh, it's not good right now. No, it's not. It's not good. You're right. Yeah. So everybody, please stay with us. Give us a few minutes. We're going to take a drink break, pay some bills and we'll be back.
Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Hey, welcome back, Cajun Nation. So, doing a little bit different... Uh, of an episode because there was just too much to ignore tonight. Uh, it's, it was a weird day. It was a doubleheader. Men's basketball played this morning. I think the game started at 11, right, Jer? Yeah, uh, that's correct. It, it, which was an odd time to have probably your your showcase home game of the season for your fans. I think the game ended up being free for people to attend, which is a whole other topic that we won't get if into you, just quite yet. If you had a ULM ticket, you could show your ticket stub, I believe, and get in for free. Yes. Yeah, so you're you're what we're calling the marquee home game of the season. Uh, I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's hard to argue. Uh, it was free to get in if you paid to go see ULM. So I don't know, man. I, I have thoughts on that, but we're gonna focus on the game tonight. And the game, um, to put it nicely, was pretty much a disaster. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I, I kind of thought this through a little bit before we got on. And, and here's the thing, you know, you hear a lot about being in a one-bid basketball league. You hear a lot about three days in March, three games in March. We, we, we've heard that too many times for my liking. But, you know, you can find out a lot about your team with three games in November, too. And this schedule only gets, I mean, to put it nicely, it gets easier Uh the thing that you can take away from the last three games is you played a team that is better than you and they wiped the floor with your ass. Then you played a team that is a peer. Now, according to the team that we've assembled, Marshall's a peer. I think that we can all agree with that. And then you played, and and then you played a team that you perceive to be beneath you concerning the talent and the transfers and the, the history. And I can go on and on about the Cajuns program. In my view, and I told you this, I, I was talking to Ryan also uh, about this. You know, it's a SWAC team. I don't give a shit how good they are. I don't care if they won the SWAC. They're an 0-5 SWAC team that averages 56 points a game. And they scored 75 on us, and they beat us at home. There is there's, no, there's no whitewashing that. And, and, and I don't care. I, I, that team should be beaten by 25 points every time out. If you're the Cajuns who plays who, who play in the facilities that we have, who have the resources to recruit the players that we recruit, who have the coaching staff and the pay of the salaries that we have, that team should be beaten by 20 plus every single time out. And that's my view well, on it, Jerry. Well, don't well, Josh, don't sell me T-bone steak and give me roast beef. Oh, the propaganda. We'll get into the propaganda don't, after we start don't talking. Don't sell stuff. me, you know, don't sell me uh you know, fresh sea bass and, and, and give me canned sardines. That That's what I'm, I, I feel kind of, I don't know. I, I just feel like a little, and I know it sounds like, I sound like an entitled fan, but I feel kind of betrayed. Well, it's, uh, it's, it's Jay's old and, adage about don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. But it, it's funny because in all the other programs, nobody does that because nobody puts up with that shit. But in men's basketball, this is, this is the status quo. This is this is their their mo. This is modus operandi. This is how they do it, and everybody just puts up with it. I don't understand it. When are we going to call these people to the mat and say, "Stop bullshitting us"? And I I, I said in the previous episode in the behind enemy lines, I, I'm mad at myself because I almost bought into the shit. So I'm not even going to be mad at the team. I'm not mad at Marlon. I'm not mad at the coaching staff. I'm mad at me. I knew who they were. Marlon told me who he was. Mike Murphy told me who he was, and I didn't listen. <laughs> well, I think I think the the issue going into this season was we knew that this team was full of talent. 
you know, three big guys, guys like Duguay, Akuba, Jordan Brown, a McDonald's All-American, right? Or like All I said, these guys. Or, or like I told Clint, a whack Arnold's All-American from the Chappelle show. <laughs> <laughs> but you have, you know, you have like guys like Jalen Dalcourt, Kobe Julian was back, Isaiah Richards. I mean, you had Greg Williams Jr., all these transfers from these great schools, you know, Arizona, Nevada, St. John's, and San, what was it, San Diego State or San Jose State. And they come in, and, and we have expectations, high expectations, to the point where we were picked second in the league, I believe, in the preseason. Um, and let me just give you some stats, okay, just to Ooh. kind of give you an idea. I can't of wait. what we've seen so far. Now, we're three and three. Uh, Two of our wins have been against non-D1 competition. So if you take that away, we're one and three against D1 schools. And um, one of those schools didn't even count the game, just saying. Right. And as a whole, through six games, uh, we're 38.5% field goal percentage. We're 33% from the three-point line. Uh, we're 64.6% on free throw shooting. Sounds pretty, pretty not too impressive, right? Pedestrian to be nice. Uh, it gets better, all right? I went by the last three games. Um, as you all know, last three games, drop, drop a game to Indiana, drop one to Marshall, drop one to Jackson State. Um, just a few weeks ago, we were sold that we had the number three best defense in America, remember? Um, since then, we have given up an average of 83 points a game uh, to our 64. Um, in the last three games from the, th from the three-point line, uh, we're, we've shot 28%, uh, field goal percentage, 33.7% in the last three games and oh free throw God. percentage, free throw percentage, 68.6 from the fr uh, free free throw line. So that, well, you shoot well, like hold on that. A second. You miss one, you miss one major key stat. We have 68 turnovers in three games. So we're average. Okay. So 68 divided by three, that's 20, what? That's no, no, it's 30. Well, hold on. I'm drawing a blank here. I'm sorry. That's 22, 22, 22 plus. Yeah. 22 plus per game or 22, um, right around 22. Listen, you're not beating, you're not beating a, a kid in a high school like that. You can't handle the basketball. You can't I'm shoot just, free throws. You can't, you can't listen. My, the, my biggest issue is that in the paint, we were supposed to have this just massive advantage against everybody we played. We're getting outscored in the paint. We can't. And that's what's. We can't hold on to passes. We miss layups. It's bad out there, Jerry. It's bad. That's what's frustrating to me is that we have three bigs that could easily, I mean, dominate this conference. I mean, that's really going into this season. That's one thing I thought we lacked after last year is we didn't have a big. Well, come to find out, our bigs aren't playing up to their potential, and we have no point guard. We have nobody to control. Uh, really, be a general on the court. So now it's almost like it's. It's almost like every man for himself and just, you know, uh, when you take, just find an open shot and just shoot and, and it's backfired. I mean, today, um, you know, I listened to the post game. I listened to coach Marlin's comments and, and he was saying something along the lines of, um, you know, I admire the comeback or the effort at the comeback. But my question is, why did you give Jackson state a 16 point lead anyway? Should have never They're, come to that. He also blamed I, the refs on multiple occasions, which I, which I thought was very interesting. I mean, I'm sorry. And look, I, no disrespect to Coach Marlin, no disrespect to the players, but don't don't tell me about, you know, this effort when you're playing an 0-5 Jackson State team, a team you should beat by 25 points. You gave the, you, you, you gifted them a 16-point lead. With all this talent that we have, you should not be gifting teams like that 16-point leads. Now, I will give credit to Jackson State because they came in and they, they pretty much dominated us. And, and one other thing, too. You know, we can talk about how Jackson State didn't score a field goal in the last four minutes. But in spite of that, it was still enough for them to win the game. They still won. That's, that's, still that's, won. What, that's what I got from the post-game comments. You shut them out for four minutes and they still beat you. Yeah. What, what does so, that say? That's, that's not good for us. That makes us look worse because that goes to show you we couldn't, we couldn't capitalize on that. Anytime you miss or don't have a field goal in your last four or five minutes and you can't capitalize – that that's not good. And, and here's the thing, you know, we get a week off, we go play UNO next week, but then you have Houston. Then you have even like McNeese who has given us pretty good competition over the last few years. What did they catch us? What did they catch up with us this year? 
Then you go into conference against teams who are, like you said, our peers. And yeah, we may start clicking. But if you struggle against Jackson State and you lose by 14 to Marshall, how do you expect to beat Georgia Southern and Georgia State? How do you expect to compete with South Alabama and UT Arlington? You're going to drop some games you're not supposed to drop. And so I hope they fix it like very soon. I hope next week against UNO they get a 20-something point win because it, it, it gets harder from here. Um, you know, that Jackson State game today should have been an easy win. And yet we're sitting here with a three and three record. And the last three games, we had a 28%, I'm sorry, 33.7% field goal percentage. Dude, you're not going to win 10 games playing that way. Well, Jerry, for me, it's, it's how the hell are you going to cultivate a fan base? How, how, did, how can you possibly expect 3,500 plus people to show up? And I use that, that number because right now that's a reach, which is embarrassing. Honestly, we should have 5,000 people in that, in that, arena every time there's a raging Cajun home basketball game it it really is a shame how do you think that you're going to cultivate an environment where people are excited about basketball it's like I said in the last episode I'm just saying I'm Joe casual fan and I'm looking to get back into the fold I want to be a raging Cajun fan I grew up a raging Cajun fan okay basketball fan I saw I saw patch uh uh Andrew Tony and those boys and Bo Lamar and all that stuff I grew up on that right that that's the guy I'm and I told my grandchildren and I told my children, uh, this is how it was in Blackham and into, and into the Cajun Dome. And they're looking for this, 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 this program that is, is draped in tradition and we have a winning program and culture here. And they show up to Jackson State, a SWAC school, a D2 school, a school that most casual fans don't even know exists in the realm of college basketball. And they beat us. I mean... You, we are not doing a great job in so many different areas of pulling these casual people in and holding them. That is going to pay dividends later for, for football because football has been able to do it. It's going to really hurt basketball going forward. Now, look, if we make a coach change, a coaching change and regime change, all bets are off. You never know what can happen. But I'm just telling you, as we're going, status quo, I had a guy told me tell me today. He said, "How does Marlin survive Christmas like this?" I mean, this is supposed. This was billed as the most talented team in the Marlin era. This, this, they. I mean, they basically told us. Meg Murphy said, "2017 is not as good as this team." I know. Well, I've heard that by multiple people. And I you know, another you, thing. I tell you what, 2017 would have beaten Jackson State today. I'm just telling you. Well, and another thing too, man. You can't. This whole thing about it's a one bid league. I get it. I get it. It's a one bid league. But don't you want to be that one bid? Like, instead of using that as a reason to justify why we can't do it, how about we be the one bid? Heck, the Sun Belt and softball sometimes is a one bid league. And we're usually the one bid. Well, because we have a standard to be the one bid. A coaching staff with some damn pride so, would, so, would take it upon themselves to, to go get that bid yeah, and own that and, bid and, and let the rest of the league know that's the Raging Cajuns bid. That's our bid. Come get it from us. But not look, in basketball. But not in basketball. For you some guys. Everybody kisses the ass of the basketball program, and we've been over underachieving for 16 years. And you know me. I'm a level-headed guy. I try to be fair, um, especially with basketball. I watch every game. I go to the games. But today, do not give me spin on what happened against Jackson State. I, I do not – don't do that. Oh, like, it's please coming. do not – It's coming. There, there's nothing to spin. No, there's not. We, we, I mean, again, let, let me repeat. Three, last three games, 33.7 field goal percentage. Uh, or 33.7% field goal percentage, 28% from the three-point line. Um, I, I'm, I, and that, on top of those not... horrible offensive numbers, the number three defense in the country, giving up 83-plus. Yeah. Okay. And, and turn not... the, we turn the basketball over at a 22-plus a game clip. You, yeah. d- don't talk to me, okay? I, I, I'm just the propaganda. And, and like I said, I'm more mad at me for buying in. And a lot of it is, I'll be a little bit candid today. Uh, you know, we talked about this before. You know, how do we cover basketball? How do we even approach this? We have a, we've been burned many times before. How do we even approach it? Do, do we give them a chance? Well, when you look at, on, look at it on paper, on paper, this team looks like it can be good. It looks like the talent is there. We've said that. I mean, we said that in the basketball conversation. But you go out and just get absolutely embarrassed at IU. 
you go to Marshall and get, I mean, in the second half, they blew the doors off. I mean, it, it was a 25 point swing in a matter of 12 minutes. Um, and then you go to, to Jack, you come home to Jackson state and they beat you. And at, at one point you're down 13 or 14 points in your dome. I, I, I look, I'm willing to put up with some shit and I understand there's some chemistry issues. We've got to work out. It's a lot of new pieces. I get all that at the end of the day, most of our fans don't give a damn about that. They say Jackson state on the schedule. You should beat that team hundred out of a hundred times. You should beat that team. Well, the last time we did lose to them, we did go to the tournament that year. So uh, maybe there is a silver or a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but and I'm saying that I'm saying that facetiously, right? Because yeah. I remember we 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 did lose to them in 2013, and that year we went to the dance. Now, granted, I have yet to see a lottery pick point guard that we have this year. Well, uh, there's like we no did. there's no NBA players on this team. No, and so um, look, it's it's got to get better, and it's got to get better fast. I mean, you know, look, the reality is is simple. We don't have, we do not have time to keep losing these type of games that we're not supposed to lose. I mean, that's kind of been the downfall of why a lot of sidewalk fans are not interested right now because, you know, you, you lose these games. You're not like ULM last year, right? Losing to App State two years ago, twice, and firing their coach that year. And then all you hear is, well, it's a one-bid league. Well, okay, so what, 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 my question is, what are you doing as a team to set yourself up to be that one-bid, that one-bid team? You know, instead of using the one again, instead of using the one big league thing as an excuse, well, you know, if we get a bad break and look, injuries have hurt the team before. I get it. But you still got to work for it, man. You can't just throw your hands up and go, well, you know, hey, well, because, you know, it's a one big league. There's nothing we can do. Yeah, there is. You can be the one bid. Go be the go. Go be that team. It's a, Make it's the a final. Con- go win a championship. It's a convenient excuse, Jerry. Well, it's it's gotten to the point where you, it's 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 going to be falling on mute ears pretty soon. Or, or, or it's, it's be already falling. happening. It's already- I mean, if you're if you're losing to Jackson State, and, and I know we did this segment because we're we are kind of frustrated with it. It's, well, like, it's a goddamn outrageous Earth, result. It's an outrageous how you, result. In the last three games, have just not been. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I look. I'm. I'm willing to. I'm going to still follow this team. I'm going to watch them. If coaches or players or whoever, even the diehard basketball fans are listening, please prove me wrong. I hope I hope in March you guys come back and make me eat crow from what I'm saying right now, but it's just it's not impressive. It's really not. Um, Curse you, Ray. Review you didn't believe in men's basketball. Well, give me something to believe in, right? Yeah. Hey, look, I'll I'll come back and eat crow, and I'll apologize, and I'll say, look, I was wrong. I'm I'll I'm be more than happy to do that. But for right now, what I saw today is I watched the whole game. What I saw today is just not. That's not cool, man. We, we, we haven't been wrong for eight years, and we're not wrong now. So, anyway, listen, we're going to let you guys finish up your Saturday evening and Saturday nights and, and uh, you know, holiday back-ends. But last thing we'll talk about, uh, and, you know, the elephant in the room, obviously, Billy, is um, he's been rumored different different places. And, obviously, if you guys follow us on social, we, we have a pretty decent idea of, of where this train is headed. Uh, Jerry, any updates that you've heard on your end about – Coach Napier and, uh, uh, you know, basically the, the fastest moving coaching search in American history for what we what it feels like over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I know he spoke in this postgame press conference. He said no decision has been made yet. Now, I don't know if that's coaches speak. You know, Billy's a straight he's a straight shooter. He's not going to give you uh, the runaround. But I do think in this particular situation, he probably has to be very careful in what he says which I don't blame him. I get it. Right. It's like any job interview. I mean, <laughs> regardless of what career or field you're in, right. You're not going to go and be straightforward, especially a job like this, where you've got hundreds of thousands of people listening to you going, Oh yeah, I'm going to go here. I'm going there. Right. Yeah. Especially hanging on every single word he says, you know? Yeah. He's got a locker room to, to uh, coach. He's got a, Oh, he's got a team to coach. He's got a locker room to stay, to, to try to uh, keep focus on for, for this coming game next week. So I'm sure we're not going to hear much. Um, all I know is we've talked to Florida fans. We've talked to a bunch of people in the quote unquote in the know in Gainesville. And what we've heard is he's, he seems to be their top target. Uh, Florida seems to be the guy. Uh, we've well, heard hey, some listen, rumblings. I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Dellinger today, uh, uh hour and a half or so ago said that, I mean, when you start getting Dellinger and, and the athletic coming out and, and 
posting reports that Billy Napier is the top target. You know, my fun, the funny thing was is that it said, uh, you know, Billy Napier has emerged as Florida's top target. And I, yeah. I responded, emerged, LOL, because, you know, we've known that for two weeks. But We've known that for a while, yeah. Yeah, but, but one thing we can say with certainty, obviously, is that Baton Rouge was used as leverage, which we told you guys two weeks ago, and it's still hilarious. It's as hilarious now as it was then. He's not going to Baton Rouge. Um, you know, all, all signs point to Lincoln Riley in Baton Rouge, which is – in my opinion, I'm going to probably get blowback for this, but I think he's the Tom Herman of the SEC at this point, or, or, or the, the, the Texas hire that Tom Herman was and all the buildup, that's what's going to happen for Lincoln Riley in the SEC. That's my opinion. I'm yet, you know, we'll, we'll see in two to three years, but I, I strongly believe that uh, as far as me uh, answering my own question, Everything is pretty much status quo. Everyone that we've spoken to, and I know there's a lot of Gator fans listening in, it's basically exactly the same as when we started talking about it a week ago. So hang in there. Um, in my opinion, it's going to be Gainesville or Lafayette. I don't think that Blacksburg's in the running anymore. I think TCU's basically made their hire. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes is going to Dallas. So I think we'd know that uh, by now. Uh, and there's a few other moving parts, but – Whatever happens in Baton Rouge, it's not going to affect Billy, as as far as we know. And um, right. I, I think it's Gainesville or bust for us. So, look, we are where we are. We understand the business of college sports, and and we're not going to be bitter. We're going to support our guy because he is a he's a goddamn rock star, and we appreciate everything he's done here. He's changed our program forever. And in, in my view, if he goes to Florida, it, it, they're a national contender inside of three years. That's what I think, Jerry. I, uh, we've watched the guy build a program from from the ashes. When he came here, the locker room was a disaster. The talent pool was not great. He was working with limited scholarships, uh, limited fan interest. He had to rebuild from from a trust standpoint. I mean, you you had politics got injected into our program. Yeah, Billy turned that around in a year, and he turned yeah. us into a perennial G five power. Uh, for the last three years. So, look, I, I, these people that think that G5 coaches can't coach in the P5, you're already goddamn mind. If you have the resources, if we had the resources at Louisiana that you had at UF, we would be a national contender with a guy like Billy Napier. So let that man go in there, do it his way, and just sit back and be patient for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not to mention, um, you know, we had the Twitter space last night. We had a lot of Florida Gator fans in the house, and we really enjoyed – uh, interacting with all of you in Gator Nation, uh, special, of course, Cajun Nation was there full force as well. Thank everybody for participating last night. But, you know, one thing that that I heard from a few Florida Gator fans is that, uh, you know, Dan Mullen kind of left the program in shambles a little bit as of today. And I, I just want to say that I, I don't know if it's I really don't know if it's as bad as what what Billy was left with over here. I mean, again, like Josh said, we had politics involved, like national politics involved with a divided locker room just to give you an idea of where we were okay that's like the worst thing possible uh to try to turn around and he did it in a year uh so i know there's situations with dan mullen where there were some bridges possibly burned recruiting wise same thing here in acadiana and the louisiana area billy had to come clean that up as well so you, you know the the situation that florida's going through right now this is nothing new to billy napier if he were to go there so um, like Josh said, you definitely want to be patient there because he is a program builder and he will build it the way he wants to build it. And with the resources that the Florida uh, athletic department has and the money and the fan base and the tradition, uh, it's really not going to be difficult for him. Now, granted, you know, SEC East, you still have Georgia, you still have Tennessee, you still have teams that are very competitive uh, as well as having to, you know, play that game against LSU every year. You got Bama, you got Auburn, you got AM. But with the resources Florida has and the type of leadership and structure Billy Napier brings, I think the Florida Gators are going to be just fine if he were to take the job there. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to confirm anything we don't know yet. But if he were, then I think the Gators will be fine. But as a Cajuns fan, it's going to hurt to lose him. It's going to suck, but it's bittersweet. Um, I, you know, the, if he signs a contract, I don't know, whenever. Um, all we can do is say, man, this hurts, but thank you and best of luck to you. And we will be fans of you wherever you go. That's the type of class he's led this program with. And um, 
you know, proud to have him as our head coach, regardless of what happens. If he goes, if he stays, um, he's been a, a, an awesome ambassador for this university and this football program. And so uh, he will forever be, regardless of where he goes, he will forever be a raging Cajun uh, to Cajun nation. Um, he's, he's family now, just like anything in the Cajun culture. You come in here and you, you, you create a presence and a good vibe, you, you become family. And uh, Billy Napier is and will always be family to us. Absolutely. We think the world of him, and you guys will too. Just give him some time. Let him do it the right way. Give him a chance. I hope that media in Gainesville will understand this guy's not going to give you a soundbite every week. He's just going to go about his business. Kind of like, kind of like, you know, you never want to compare anybody to, you know, the, the great one, the goat over there, but he's very similar in a lot of ways. And I'm that's not, I'm not trying to gas your fan base up. Just saying we know we've seen it for four years. So he's going to just be methodical and go about his business. That is what Billy does. But uh, anyway, Agreed. hope you guys enjoyed the post game reaction and uh, sorry to keep it long, but we just had to talk a little Billy and a little basketball. So appreciate you guys joining uh, look, Cajuns are 11 and one, nothing to frown about tonight. We're going to smoke our cigars. We're going to enjoy our Saturday afternoons after a, a three o'clock game. So we can kind of, you know, we got to kick back tonight and watch the rest of the college football world stress out, but uh, we're 11 and one and we're going into our very first Sunbelt championship in Lafayette, Louisiana. We're excited. We're going to pack the place out. We're going to, we're going to show out for the belt and for Lafayette next weekend. So everybody who doesn't have a ticket, there's still some available. It's very, very scarce. Wake up on Monday. Go to the box office. Stand in line. Whatever you got to do. Make sure you're in the house December the 4th. So for Jerry and uh, Matt in Parts Unknown doing errands, probably at Lowe's, stuck in line somewhere, uh, we appreciate you guys and we thank you. Go Cajuns, 11-1. and 1. See you guys next week. <laughs>